Hello and welcome to AFR Voice World Cup Special. And then, ladies and gentlemen, there were two. After 60 games, we finally have our 2014 World Cup finalists, Germany the Argentina. On today's show, we'll be review- reviewing their journeys to the cusp of the promised land, as well as attempting to make some sense of Brazil's catastrophic, cataclysmic, crippling capitulation. Almost managed those on Tuesday evening. All right, chaps. Hey, Alex, how are you? You all right? Um, I, I'm not sure how to feel after that one. I was I was in a real high after the first semi-final, and just that one wasn't really wasn't really good. Yeah, we should say we were recording just seconds after that absolutely swashbuckling, entertaining. The, the Argentinian players have still got their tops off, charging oh, around the pitch. Yeah, I know this is this is fresh. Um, Paddy. Uh, former England player Chris Waddle was saying that maybe the match should have just started with penalties. What do you think? I thought you were introducing me as a former England player there. I'm very <laughs> confused. Um, I, I was quite enjoyed that game. I got quite a lot of ironing done during it. I made some nice dinner. It's, you know, don't knock it until you tried it. Yeah, you can be productive in that sort of time scale. You're, like, you're talking two hours there. Yeah. You can get a lot of life admin done, send off some bills. I fully was... committed to it, and I regret that. Yeah, well, you probably engage with it the most then. Uh, was there anything redeeming or was there any sort of tactical intrigue to it or was it truly just a dire attritional display from both teams? Uh, there was just very, very little chances. I think both teams were sort of set out to nullify each other and their, and their key and their key players and I think both both teams did a pretty good job of that. And I suppose also judging by sort of the knockout stage that these two teams have had, I mean, now it means that the Dutch haven't scored for four hours. Because remember, they had... A goalless 120 minutes against Costa Rica as well. I only scored two late ones against Mexico and Argentina. They scored what a late goal in injury time against the Swiss, and then a goal right at the start of their game against Belgium. But they haven't exactly been sort of pouring pouring goals in either. So in in a way, it was possibly to be expected. Should we be critical in Holland in any way? Have they gone out with a bit of a damp squib? Are they to blame for? For not really putting up a little bit more of a fight, a little bit more of a gamble. I think um, they very much play to their, you'd have to say, limitations. Um, it's, a, it's a transitional squad with, you know, kind of experience the likes of Schneider and Van Persie. One player I really caught my eye was that, that hot young wing back, Dirk Kout. And that <laughs> yeah. kid's got a big future. He was He's everywhere. Bombing on. Um, yeah, you know, obviously a, a fair legacy from from four years ago, making it to the final. Um, what was his name? The number seven that came on towards the end of the second half. Cl- classy? Uh, classy? No, there's, there's one that looked, looked like Van Bommel, which just gave me the jitters every time he came on screen. <laughs> Another clatterer coming. Um, would, this game would have been perfect for him. But yeah, I think that you'd have say they might have just exceeded expectations from before the tournament. Um, expectations that would have drastically altered, obviously, after their first group game um, which seems a long long time ago now doesn't it yeah yeah. That whatever happens that will remain one of the calling cards of this tournament for sure uh, Alex were you sad to not see Mr Tim Crawl do the business again uh, a little bit I, I actually missed all the, all the penalty antics at the weekend I was I was at a wedding so I only heard about it second hand but I saw Citizen doing a little bit of 
chat and you know holding the ball and holding things up a little bit but it, it doesn't seem to be the same the same level of old of old Timmy well, I think Romero is doing a little bit as well Every, everyone's getting involved now yeah it didn't quite work out for Sillison did it it's kind of like you do a really awesome break dance and then your mate tries to follow up it just does a silly little spin and a forward <laughs> roll yeah, and also a couple of the penalties yeah. he, he no? got a hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Also, a couple of penalties. Uh, the the winning penalty, and I think it was Aguero's penalty as well. Plus, or uh, yeah, Aguero's penalty. He, he got hands to, and with a stronger hand, he could have kept those out. You know, if you if you guess the right way, if your keeper goes the right way, you've really got to back into you know to 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 keep it out. The chances small enough that he's going to guess the right way at the right height, that sort of thing. So he does get a hand to it. In contrast, Romero made a great save. From um, I can't remember who it was, but it was quite quite high. Schneider quite high to his right, and he got a really strong hand on it, and that was kind of the the difference, I think. Uh, well, obviously, word... it was the difference because it was penalties and missed penalties. A little word for Ron Vlar as well. It's kind of a shame that he uh, missed the penalty. I think it was the first penalty, considering he had a pretty decent game. I mean, it's sad that during a, a game which includes Robin and Messi that we highlight him, but he was pretty solid, wasn't he? Impressive for an Aston Villa centre back. Yeah, he's been great all tournament. The, the Dutch fans call him Ron Crete, <laughs> which I quite like. He's been brilliant, but it was a bit strange him stepping up first. I don't know if they were expecting him just to blast it down the middle like Garay did or something like that, but he didn't really seem convinced, and it was a pretty, pretty neat penalty in the end. And, and, and I mean, I don't know if it was so they could save their penalty, penalty takers for the end. I know Huntelaar didn't get on, but really, wanted, I think, Obviously, I'm not a manager, but I'd say pack, pack your best guys at the start because you don't know how far you're going to get into the shootout. Well, I am a manager, let's not forget. I was texting Alex throughout the game and called Aguero's substitution to the second. This is true. I got a text from Paddy saying Aguero would love to run at these guys. And then the next shot is just Aguero just taking his bib off. God. I've got contacts. I think it says a lot for the game when Ron Vlar and Javier Mascherano, those two old war horses were probably best shouts for Man of the Match. And Mascherano yeah. was unconscious for a bit as well. Mm. God, yeah, he got absolutely smashed in the jaw, didn't he? Don't know how And then, and then just up. started reaching at De Jong just as <laughs> he collapsed. It was terrifying. Do you think that, just stepping out a little bit of the the game and looking at the tournament as a whole, do you think that sort of nullifies Robin and Messi's chances of winning player of the tournament? Um, I guess no, Messi's got one I, big one left. I think Messi's still got a chance, and I think they're uh, in terms of Robin, he's still had a brilliant tournament. He's been absolutely explosive. I think it might be what happens in the final. I think if, if a player really takes the final by the scruff of the net, and that could be Messi, or there are definitely a few German players in there that do have a shout for being player of the tournament, then it could be different. But if not, then I think I think Robin will definitely will definitely be mentioned in in sort of the top top bracket of them anyway. Yeah, and certainly you can't forget sort of James Rodriguez as well. Yeah. Oh, finally, a word on Van Hull. What do you think Manchester United fans are going to take out of watching him in action in this tournament? Uh, I think quite flexible. He's not afraid to change a game, change things around, which I think was a big criticism of Moyes. He wouldn't change things until it was far too late. Quite tactically flexible. Pretty pretty big ego. Possibly massively. <laughs> I mean, if you refer to yourself in the third person, that always shows that yeah, you back yourself. So, uh, which I think you know that maybe that dressing room needs, and so um, I think yeah, good good things I suppose. I think maybe things like you know subbing in Tim Krul for the penalty shootout maybe overplayed a little bit, I and mean, it was a bit of a gamble, and it did work out. But I don't know if it was as inspired as a lot of people are saying they are. But the way that he sort of managed to change the game in the Mexico game with the water breaks, and he's managed to shift the system and be quite flexible. Yeah, I think it's good good signs. 
Um, and Paddy, before we move on to a, a slightly more entertaining game, um, are you saying that Patrick Cliver was looking pretty sharp? Looks good in the suit. What can I say? Does he fits it well, doesn't he? Tailored. Do you think that the um, I was thinking the the Argentina manager. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Sabella. It, Sabella, that's it. Do you think he looks a bit like sort of like a washed up clown, like retired clown? <laughs> yeah, you just put a little red nose on him with some big shoes. He could definitely. Definitely hold his own in a big top. We well, nearly tripped over and fell face first into the dugout, didn't he? In the quarter. Yeah, final. that was like one of his like little sketches, wasn't it? Yeah, was... in the old days. It looked like a team building exercise gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The trust big... exercise. Yeah, and those big shoes can be cumbersome. Good. Well, we'll come back to Argentina a little bit later when we do a preview of the World Cup final. Let's have a little sting and compose ourselves for Germany seven. Brazil won. Okay, uh, the horror show for Brazil took place last night, um, capitulating in the worst kind possible ever in footballing memory, quite possibly, when it comes to the World Cup, losing 7-1 to Germany. Um, Just having a, a quick flick through a virtual flick through um some of the brazilian papers this morning o globo said shame disgrace humiliation this team made history and then my favorite of all odaya said go to hell Filippo." <laughs> didn't play punches yeah so got went straight to it and also o globo gave brazil uh, every brazil player zero out of ten christ e- every almighty. single one of them yeah I saw nice. one one German paper gave Ertzel five out of ten. <laughs> yeah, harsh. He was slightly. I mean, he was slightly peripheral, but On yeah. <laughs> Let's That's so we get, German. Let's always want more. I know, like Neuer. What was it? Seven seven one down after conceding that goal. Just, just the fury. Just some sums sums their professionalism and determination, lack of complacency up perfectly. Um, before we get into the to the meat of this. Um, let's have a little round robin of how we saw it. Alex, were you at home? Were you in a pub? Uh, I, w- I was at home actually. I was at home and fully focused on it, as it just, as my world just got a bit rocked. Well, what what sort of noises were you making? Like when maybe when that third goal went in, because that would have been really sort of high high pitch screams. I think it from kind there. of it kind of went from like a oh when Miller scored, yeah, to a second like ooh, and then suddenly uh what? <laughs> <laughs> No, as like as you know, cr- cruises in a, a minute after he scored the third, and then when they and then I remember I, went, I picked up my phone to text Paddy something I don't know German, and I look up and suddenly it's three on one again. It's sort of like what? I'm looking at the screen at 29 minutes, Brazil nil, Germany five. Just one of the most silly things I think I've ever seen in football. Yeah, kind of similar for me. I just sort of pounced on my housemate on the sofa just clutched both of his shoulder blades and stared into his eyes shouting oh my god <laughs> repetitively um what so were you seeing i just don't what... know <laughs> i don't know i've never behaved it's... like that i've never behaved like that in my life have you have you seen the commentary um have you seen the sort of the the, hi- the goal highlights but laid over the top of it is commentary from wwf <laughs> oh my god you son of a bitch why uh, for all those who are familiar with the WWE it's something a little bit special Paddy what what were you up to pub 
at home. I was in various locations. I had to literally phone it in. Um, and at times my connection was going really pixely, which doesn't help when footballs are quite small on phone <laughs> screens. Yeah, a thousand um, football size. I was in a shop and a man almost virtually ran in screaming, it's 5-0, <laughs> which I took with a, a large pinch of salt, which is ironic because I was buying salt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was. And I, I, I couldn't really tune in as live again until the last few minutes. Uh, so the only goal I really, really saw was Oscars, which I th- I think is probably some sort of record. That's so bizarre that I think that's, I need some sort that's of the goal that. that you scored. Yeah, I mean that that's quite spectacular. The only other sort of really spectacular story to come out of it, which is a little bit bizarre, was um, a lady in Brazil who actually put a bet on in a work sweepstake before the match for seven one because earlier in the morning her husband had been sleepwalking. And uh, had a conversation about how Germany were going to thrash Brazil, seven one. What? Yeah. It's always one. Bit weird, isn't it? Right. We should probably get to the, a little bit more of the serious stuff. We're still in post mortem stage. I know I am. So Brazilians must be. I'm after some blood. Who is most deserving of blame? David Luiz, Marcelo, Fred, or Scolari, or all of the above? Alex, what do you reckon? Um, yeah, I think it's hard to it's hard to pick out an individual. I mean, I think from from the start with that with that team they sent out, sent out. Although it was it was I was excited about it. It was a bit more adventurous with with Bernard out there rather than having the three holding midfielders. But I mean, the Germans must have been licking their lips. Just they seem to have got a really nicely balanced team now with Schweinsteiger, Kadira, uh, and Crows in the middle, and they just overran them from the start. And you could even see from the start, Brazil didn't even really have an out ball from defence, couldn't really get in, into the midfield. And every time Germany got the ball, even before Müller's goal, they were looking sharp and incisive and dangerous on the counter. And then, obviously, the, fir- the first goal, the Müller goal went in, and which was bad marking, partly from David Luiz, I think from, you know, it was just bad defending all round. And then once that second, that second goal went in, no one was sort of saying, right, let's just keep it tight. Yeah, you know, keep an eye on things. If we can keep this till half time, you know, we can, you know, come up with a plan and get back into this. It's everyone decided to take it upon themselves to try and get back into it immediately. I mean, David Luiz, I know, has been singled out as the main, the main kind of culprit in this. You know, charging up the pitch, ending up in the left wing, right wing, wherever, other than the central defence. But as you say, also Marcelo and a few others. Everyone just bombing on when really what they needed was just, you know, ten twenty minutes just to get things back together and, and try and work out a bit of a plan. Well, what they really seemingly needed was Thiago Silva. Do you think they ultimately missed him more than Neymar? Uh, in the context of the game, uh, yeah, I think so. But well, having said that, would would he have made that much of a difference? I mean, I know he's good organisationally, but just the Germans were so incisive. And that's something I was going to come on to, uh, that, you know, obviously Brazil were awful, but Germany were incredible in terms of the way that they were so composed on every counter-attack. I mean, you look at a couple of those goals, especially I think it was Crows' second goal and Kadira's goal. They had a couple of just really neat passing moves in the box yeah. where a player was in on goal and you'd think, you know, playing for a different team, England, for example, they'd have a lash at it. They'd try yeah, and beat Neuer. Exactly. Whereas it was so calculated just to square it back to the other player who had the open goal, slot it in. There was that. And there was also just sort of the professionalism like even the celebrations they were happy but it wasn't you know subs pouring off the bench everyone going crazy even closer had you know broken the world cup scoring record and he's they seemed quite reserved because they were just so focused on just 
just keeping going. And, and so the third thing was just just absolutely relentless. Once they saw that Brazil were all over the place, they thought, right, we've got them here. And it was just attack after attack after attack. And they were just absolutely just ruthless, professional. And even at the end of, at the end of the game, you look and they were, you know, they were happy, but they still seemed pretty focused. You know, there's only sort of one more game to go. It was just amazing. And then, and then, and so I know it jumps to the end, end of the game, but the second half as well, again, just contained Brazil, picked them off when they wanted. It was just an amazing performance from them as well. Yeah, I fully expected to tune back in. Uh, late in the second half, and it'd be five two, five three, yeah. ambling pace, <laughs> and it was seven nil. It's, I, it's hard to blame anyone in a yellow shirt, or you know, within the pavilion team. You know, you can have one or two players not turn up on a day, but to have eleven seemingly just not turn up for a game of mag- that magnitude is, is bizarre. The Neymar factor, is perhaps an issue. Do they not hand out caps? Like cardboard cut out faces. Yeah, they had they did that, and then I think getting off the coach, everyone was wearing uh, Neymar caps and also holding up his his shirt. Like a, Do you find that a bit weird? I, I did find, find that, that a bit. I find that a bit. I, got, I was a bit uncomfortable about that. I know it's it's obviously a terrible injury, and I think it's what fractured a vertebrae. Yeah. But he'll be out for sort of six weeks, then he'll be back. Yeah, yeah. It seemed, and also it, it's it's a fairly young Brazil squad. You know, the lads coming in, Bernard, at times, just physically, let alone mentally or as the game was playing out, it did seem men against boys at times, In the you know, before the goal started raining in. Yeah, yeah I think I think we do forget that about this German team, but just because their technique is so exquisite, we forget that the vast majority of them are over six foot. And also and, kind um, of mid-late 20s and just a bit, a bit more about them have been burnt so many times in, in semis and finals over the last few tournaments. Yeah, they've been around the block. Whereas this Brazil team, when I was been getting a lot of coverage, they've, they've it hasn't been a vintage team. You know, this this tournament, they they haven't really set it alight. And then you take away their two key players, plus having maybe more pressure on them than any team has ever had in any tournament ever. And in a way, it was almost inevitable that the wheels would fall off, but but maybe not, but not to this extent. That was just unbelievable. Yeah, everything fell off. Everything. Exhaust. Windows, doors. Yeah, little little mirrors. Well, looking forward a little bit, I mean, what now for the Brazil national team? Does it need a bit of a, a massive knee-jerk reaction? Does it, is it going too over the top to say that a large proportion of those players that we saw should never play in a yellow shirt again? Do they need to totally revamp their identity and be less like a European team, return to the, the silky days of 1982? What, what do you think? What's your opinion? Um, I think again, it's always very reactive immediately, you know, saying, "Oh, they should never play for their for their team again." But I mean, I think I think these players will never be allowed to forget that they were a part of this, whether they do play for Brazil or not. But sort of the impression I've been getting from sort of reading sort of reports and hearing from Brazilian journalists is that this is maybe what they what they needed in terms of you know Brazilian football hasn't been great for a little while. They they've been them and, and the Brazilian. Football Association as well have been living off these five World Cups for a long, long time, and this has really shown that they do have a lot of shortcomings. Yeah, this isn't a great team. They haven't really got a recognised striker, and I don't know enough about the structure of the game in the country to to say what what the solution is. But this could be what they need. I mean, it's you know their biggest humiliation since 1950 when they lost that final to Uruguay. I mean, maybe it's bigger than that just because of the nature of it. And this is a case where. Although it hurts, it, it might do him some good to have a good hard look and, and maybe change things a bit. 
Paddy, what Paddy, what do you think? Four, uh, yeah. year, four years' time, should it, should it be more of the same? What what do they need to dramatically change? Um, I, I, well, Alex mentioned nineteen fifty there. I don't think they're going to dramatically change as they did then. I think you know international football is an entirely different beast to then. You know, I, you're not going to have players essentially banished from playing for their country. Um, you know, you're almost you're certainly going to see Oscar and, and Louise and everyone out there again, probably at some level representing the country again. Perhaps not uh, a certain lad who was lumbering up front. But then look at Joe's turnaround in the last six years for Brazil, you know, from going to star in the Confederations Cup. Um, and they certainly won't go f- as far as changing their colours as happened after 1950. Go for a pink now. Well, yeah, Just where else do they go? Um, but, you know, 1950 was, was a shock because they were playing the Brazilian way, so to speak, absolutely tearing through that tournament. You know, goals, goals are plenty, winning 6-7-1, and then just getting absolutely stumped by Uruguay in that final... Uh, not straight out final as it was with the game that would ultimately decide the tournament so in terms of shock level obviously it is, it is similar to that but I don't think you can draw the contrast between today's World Cup and, and those inaugural ones either side of the war well mate I mean it, it's it's tricky but I think I guess we're all, all kind of saying that you can't totally castigate these players and, and bury them for eternity, there needs to be a little bit more looking, looking under the carpet and things that have been swept away. Um, an example of someone who wants to lead that is uh, Romario. I don't know if you've seen this. Obviously, the former Brazilian great, now a member of parliament. Uh, he wrote an open letter on his Facebook page. Um, I'll just give you a little snippet of it. But he says, the, corrup- the corruption in Brazilian football has its roots in club football. And the clubs, you're also responsible for this crisis. Fraudulent management, lack of investment, going back bankrupt due to self-inflicted ruin, failure to pay taxes. It's kind of, and it, I, I can't continue just because there's a hell of a lot of it. And obviously it's all allegedly, but I wonder whether that is the route um, for Brazil is a, a huge, a huge amount of examination, criticism of the way um, the clubs are run individually and how um, the Brazilian FA are involved in that and whether potentially some corruption is causing such the, the destruction that you actually see played out on the pitch. So that's something we'll, we'll closely follow over yeah. the next year for sure. And obviously with the world's eyes on Brazil for the next two, three years leading up to the Olympic Games as well, I think that there is going to have to be a response. You know, we saw it last summer and to an extent this summer as well. Huge social unrest there for all sorts of issues. And I think, you know, if there is... You know, not not major regime change, but it seems to be a swell of opinion for for certain sweeping social changes there. It, it does seem that football and club football there has been run to not the uh, most transparent level for the last few years, and the players they're producing perhaps aren't quite as good or quite quite as focused as as they have been previously. You know, you could see a, a more kind of centralisation and isolationist approach when you know players for the last fifteen years have been going off to Europe. Yeah, 15, 16. Jump on a plane, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, just finally on Brazil, and it's probably going to sound like a silly question, but does a third-place playoff have any semblance of redemption for that team? Alex, what do you think? Um, I think they, they've got to they've got to go for it. I, well, obviously they'll go for it anyway. But if they can put, I'm not saying it's going to paper over the cracks, but they can restore a bit of pride with with a decent showing against against the dutch i think obviously you know what we've just been touching on a lot of people have been talking about big changes need to be made but 
they've got one more chance to show that you know maybe this was was a one off and that they are you know still playing for the playing for the country and trying trying to do them proud but obviously not not what they wanted not what they wanted to be especially with their with their mates uh, Argentina in, in the final oh, just to rub it in yeah I was I mean I was partly keeping my fingers crossed for Brazil that Argentina would lose so that you'd get a little bit of an almighty third place playoff but sadly it's not to be Argentina are through to the final and we're going to preview that very very special game just after this little musical interlude okay it feels like one two maybe three years that we've been predicting who the last two teams standing would be it is Argentina and Germany is that romantic enough for us lads is that juicy enough happy with that yeah, I think obviously, obviously the the ultimate romance would be in Brazil, but I think a nice bit of Europe versus South America in South America, but you know, two two world superpowers. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, played twice before uh, in World Cup finals, nineteen eighty six, nineteen ninety. Argentina haven't done it since yeah, nine, yeah, it would have been nineteen eighty six. Uh, Germany haven't done it since nineteen ninety. Yes, and I haven't won a haven't won a tournament how pathetic that they haven't won a tournament since 1996 how rubbish is that but that is that is probably a consideration considering um how many semi-finals they've been in i think it's is it four or five on the trot now all, um, all of them yeah yeah um so I, I wonder who's coming in to the game with more pressure what do you think paddy who's who's got the highest expectation i i couldn't call it before the semis i certainly can't call it now Perhaps the pressure from the, the sheer volume of supporters of Argentina that have made their way down to Brazil, or up to Brazil, I should say. Um, it seems to be building more and more and more. It will certainly feel like a home game for them uh, as much as it can uh, when all of Sepp's friends have got tickets. But, you know, of the 8% <laughs> seats available to fans, I'm sure 7% of them will go to Argentina. Um but who, who but I, just... I don't think there's. You could, I don't think there's. It's the World Cup final. It's surely it's equal pressure. Well, I guess another another way of looking at it is who who deserves it. I know that ultimately is not going to count for anything during those ninety or one hundred twenty minutes. But who do you think would be a most fitting winner when we consider all of their performances during the tournament? Um, I think if you look at <clears throat> the, sort of the tournament itself, if you look at the road that that Germany have taken, they they topped. You know what people are saying was the group of death with. Ghana, USA, and they get Portugal in there as well. They smashed four 0 They've also beat a very, tr- a very tricky Algeria side, who ultimately not d- dumped uh, Russia out of the competition. And they've beaten France and the host Brazil seven one. So I think in terms of road to the final, and in, in terms of teams you need to beat to get there, they've they've definitely earned their spot there. Argentina, they had a pretty straightforward group in you know, Nigeria, Iran, Bosnia, and then they've struggled a bit. But I mean, they. It took him a, a, a long time, well, 120 minutes to break down the Swiss. Uh, made quite hard work against Belgium and then also against the Dutch as well. Yeah, well, that well, doesn't they, read too well. Well, it's a bit of a cliche, but you know, you can only really play who's in front of you. And they have got the job done. And they're kind of doing a bit of what, what Spain did uh, four years ago. You know, they haven't conceded in, in the knockout stages. They've just been almost grinding out, but staying very, very solid, not really giving much away. And, and it's gotten through to the final. So I think it's... It's definitely going to be contrasting styles. Well, do do you think Argentina are going to stick with that sort of underwhelming, slightly, as I said at the top of the show, attritional, just to just to get the the job done? Do you think they'll have to 
um, embrace that tactic again to nullify Germany's threat. We don't, they might have to physically. You think Germany have had 24 hours and only playing 45 <laughs> minutes of football last <laughs> yeah, night. Half an hour. Yeah, they had a little jog, jog around last night, whereas yeah. that was you know quite a bruising, as you say, attritional encounter we've just seen. Um, but with three or four recovery days, and it's not going to be as much of an issue. But I think it'll be the back of their minds. You know, obviously Germany had a tough game against Algeria. Uh, Argentina the same against the Swiss. So there's a lot of miles in the legs, and it's you know been seven eight games in in three weeks. It's always going to be tricky. Cool. But um, I think yeah, I think Argentina know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no time to change a system in a World yeah. Cup final. It's got them this far. That I think it'd be. Silly to to um, <clears throat> make any big changes, but in terms of Germany, seem to have clicked in the last couple of games. But they're still playing that really, really high line with Neuer just sweeping up everything. And I just I can see Messi just just waiting that pass perfectly, just just behind the back four, but just too far away from Neuer. They might get a bit of joy from that. But there's only like two inches space from Neuer in the back four. <laughs> Do you yeah, see but... a German magazine kicker actually called his position a false five? the other day oh, <laughs> that's the new that's the new term which is We're bold talk, talking about individuals uh where should we go to first germany um let's have a word for closer breaking the record for most goals scored in world cups that is now 16 now just to add insult to injury he uh yes he he's now scored one more than big fat chubby ronaldo as we affectionately know him Little word for him, little word of praise. We've always been friends of Closer on this show, haven't we? It was inevitable that it would happen at some point in this tournament. Uh, most likely, I said, would be a cheap hat-trick in the third-place playoff. But he's done it in games that matter. Um, I, yeah, I think we said it earlier in the tournament, but just a testament to what professional is. I know a lot's been made of distance of goals and how he scored these goals, but... For for a man to play at four successive World Cups, be the starting game, starting semi-finals, he's got to be doing something right. And yeah, also big... Thomas Thomas Muller as well. I mean, he's on I think ten goals at the moment uh, in World Cups, um, scoring five apiece in each. He's pretty. He's got a pretty good shout of actually breaking that record uh, come the next World Cup. Yeah, he's, he's hot on his heels and and seems to have kind of followed in the line of players like Podolski. He always just seems to. Peak at World Cups is amazing. And going back to closer, I just love the map of uh, the positions that he scored all the goals from. <laughs> oh, I'd just, love to see that. It's the the uh, the longest ranger is from the penalty spot. No way. That's out of sixteen goals, the long the longest ranger is a penalty. <laughs> but these aren't tappings. No, no, no. I'm not he, taking away from intelligent player. He knows where he needs to be. <laughs> that, yeah. He cannot put a price on that. No, exactly, no, no. and a lot of strikers would kill for that. I know in the punditry, Alan Shearer was absolutely loving it, <laughs> just because because he, he's always there. And it's not it's not by chance that he's always there. It's the same with Van Nistelrooy, who just always score from inside the area because you can just you can just read it. You're sort of half a second ahead of everyone else, and mm. it's a brilliant achievement. Absolutely, and also an individual we have to mention on Argentina's side, Messi. My question to you is: Has he done enough in this tournament to really cement himself? as one of the all-time greats, because that was the pressure that, that was on him, that he really has to deliver at this tournament to become a bona fide Hall of Fame, one of the best of all time. Do you think he's done enough, or does he have to deliver once more in the final, Alex? Uh, I think well, I think he's he really sort of... He, I think he scored in every group game, pretty much dragged them out of the group, and 
uh, had that bit of magic, magic the setup Di Maria in the last sixteen. I was a little bit quiet in the in the semi final, and um, I didn't see much in the in the quarter final. I, I didn't see much of the quarter final, I'm afraid. But it was um, he's definitely been their standout player, I think, and dragged them through. But I think he needs a big. I don't know if he's done quite enough on on that. I think he need a big performance in the final to to play a key role in in, in the result to really. I mean, well, he's he's going to be a great anyway. But everyone keeps saying he can only be with Maradona and Pele if he has a great World Cup. And I think he has a great World Cup, but it'd be nice to see him top it off with with a big performance on on Sunday. Yeah, and it's, it's not his last World Cup. He's twenty seven. He's he's over it. Um, oh dear. Another Very individual, true. of course. Whilst we're on Argentina, uh, Angel Di Maria. Uh, I'm going to use the the cliche race against time for fitness. Yeah, that's a good one. He's going to be in an oxygen tent as we speak right now with a bit of placenta smoothie by his side. <laughs> it's a lovely image. What, what, what kind of injury has he got? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is he fifty-fifty? Do you know what his sort of chances are? I don't. I don't know. I'm sure they'll be doing everything in their power, as you say, with horse placenta and underwater treadmills and Russian <laughs> witch doctors. Treadmills. We've all got one. Brilliant. Oh, Whatever just... it takes. L- lastly, on individuals, just because I feel like we're kind of naturally focusing on all the glamour positions up front, should we have a word for Matt uh, Hummels, who's been superb the last two games? He's been brilliant. He's, he's, ch- he's chipped in with a few goals and, and incredibly solid at the back. And also, something that hasn't really got much props is, is Tony Crows as well in the midfield. A couple of great goals against Brazil, and he really seems to be playing a, a real part in just making, well, along with Schweinsteiger and Kadir, and just making that, that midfield tick. Yeah, he was, he was what exactly what Brazil is fundamentally missing, which is a, a playmaker. Just there's that gaping space where they've got quite rigid, functional midfielders, but they have none, none of that inspiration that Cruz was supplying. Okay, right. So, chaps, here we go. We're here. We're here to that question. Kind of, I'm going to go with a double question. Who do you think will win, and who do you want to win, Alex? Uh, under pressure I think the Germans will win but I don't know who I want to win I want football to win is that a cop out? yes uh, yeah. I, I like the German team alright although I'd like Messi I'd like Messi to do it as well oh, uh, I don't know a bit of change of nationality at the last minute maybe both can happen otherwise unlikely either I'd be happy for either to win okay well that's that's not a bad bizarre bad position to start with um patrick i i don't know it's <laughs> <laughs> not so easy is it i really don't know the thing I, is yeah. go on i if i had to come to your head i'd i'd say i'd, I'd prefer personally argentina to win oh may i ask why um i don't know <laughs> i don't know I don't. Okay. I don't know. I think. Yeah, I, think I think. I think. I like them as well. I think maybe South America. Been a while. I'd be quite. I don't know. Quite poetic. It's although, it. although it'd be a nightmare for Brazil. Yeah, I'm gonna go for. Yeah, I'm gonna go for Germany. Just because I don't. I mean, that seven-one is obviously always going to go down in history. But I don't want it to be a little bit of a a random sideshow. I want it to be fundamental. Uh, to the tournament and and Germany going the whole hog because you yeah. just you kind of fear that if they if they lost at the last hurdle then that that seven one will will not be looked upon as affectionately 
by Germans or indeed football fans just as much. But you know they'd come back. In the last few years, they've lost a semi-final heartbreakingly in their own country, a European final, come third in the last World Cup, uh, lost another semi-final this year. They keep coming back. Maybe I do want Germany to win. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm pr- I'm willing to bet that our predictions don't probably not going to affect what happens on the pitch. You never yeah. know, though. I, mean, I just hope got... it's. A... Sorry, I I don't. Go on. I say I hope I, it's, it's it's obviously it's pretty obvious, but I hope it's a, f- a fitting final for what's been a, a delicious tournament. Yes, that was a pretty uh, bit of a stinker tonight. That semi-final. Well, what is a fitting final for you, Alex? Finally, what 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 do you have to see for it to be a fitting final? Uh, I like both teams to score. Uh, I like it to be tight, and I'd like to see. I like to see both teams just go for it. Yeah, an op- an open game. Okay, well, that is a lovely and pleasant and optimistic way to finish this show. We'll be back on Monday to review the World Cup final and have a look over. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah. World Cup final! World Cup final, it's here, baby. Um, and, of course, reflect on the highs and the lows of the tournament, some of our favourite moments. It's going to be it's going to be exciting, but very reflective and slightly saddening, I think, in many ways. Well, to cheer us up, of course, huh? we, we've got another great bit of a location shooting as well will be in the show, um, a nice Ooh. little feature where we're going to be quite literally surrounded by history. Can you say why? Uh, Is that a tease? Is that a tease? Let, yeah, I'll tease it. If, if you know what's on in London at the moment, regarding football, regarding history, perhaps regarding very small sticky bits of paper, <laughs> then you might have more of a clue. But if not, tune in next Monday when, <laughs> yeah, with all of that other stuff that's happening on, on Sunday, I think, then we've got some other juicy little bits as well. Are we going to the admin office in like Wembley Stadium? Yes. Nice. Can't think of anything better than that. Okay, well, thank you very much, Patrick, for staying up late. It's it's one last one last blast of staying up late for this World Cup, and I'm slightly sad about it. Yeah, it does. I, I almost don't want to finish this show. Alex, goodbye. I know you're all, all tucked in. <laughs> no, I'm just going to turn the light out now. Okay. <laughs> night, night. You got your Frank Lampard doll. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's a hot water bottle cover. Didier Drogba emblazoned across your duvet cover. <laughs> How did you know? Because <laughs> I've been to your bedroom. Uh, and, yeah, I'm going to call it a day as well, seeing as all of my housemates are in sleep. I'm Were actually they sitting... asleep before the end of that game? or? Yeah, I'm actually in... I'm in a... I'm in um, the living room and it's pitch black. All I can see <laughs> is the light of the laptop. It's kind of it's kind of fitting. It's like you're writing a horror novel. Yeah, it's just like the it's the metaphor of of Brazil's tournament. I'm about to slap this laptop shut, putting it out of its misery. Thank you so much, guys, for listening, and we shall see you on Monday. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.